0: grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen how's this for a job description you will almost always face staff shortages paid benefits and accommodations are minimal Travel is required almost constantly. You will rarely see home. There's a very real possibility that most of the people that you encounter in your work will be hostile toward you. You will be vulnerable in a hostile work environment. When can you start? That's the job description for the 72 that Jesus sent out in our gospel text for this morning. We know that it can be difficult to serve Jesus and his church in this day and age. That's no secret. If you're measuring with worldly standards, the church is losing. We're losing our public authority to speak to issues. We're losing our clout and influence. We're losing membership. A major portion of churches in America struggle just to keep the doors open and the lights on. We're not here to moan and groan about all this, though. It's a hard time to witness to Jesus Christ in our world. However, I'm convinced that it's always been a hard time to witness to Christ, even in the midst of what was the so called Christendom. A hundred years before Luther, the Bohemian preacher Jan Hus was burned at the stake. At the Council of Constance for teaching many of the same things that Luther taught or in other words teaching what the Bible said he pointed out that forbidding the marriage of priests was unbiblical and so was withholding the cup from the laity the blood of Christ was only given to priests he taught that we don't earn salvation but God saves us because of Christ's work on our behalf and for his troubles he was executed by the church in the centuries prior to the Middle Ages, conflict within the world was rampant. The Aryan controversy saw the banishment and imprisonment of bishops who taught that Jesus was of the same substance as the Father. The barbarians that saw the demise of the Western Roman Empire we supposed them to be heathens, but they were actually Aryan Christians. Christians in name, who denied the divinity of Jesus.
1: The 8th century
0: saw the rise of the Mohammedans, followers of an illiterate prophet in Arabia who also taught that Jesus, while a great prophet, was not God, and that his message had been corrupted by Christians. Christian territory gradually became Islamic territory, and some parts of Europe didn't manage to break free until the 1490s. Remember those Ferdinand and Isabella that sent Columbus on his trek? They were the same who finally freed Spain from Islamic rule and unified it into a single kingdom. Pilgrims visiting the Holy Land were attacked and murdered, prompting the various popes to call for crusades against Islamic forces in order to protect Christians who were determined to visit places that were connected to the life and ministry of Jesus. The cost was immense, and the world as it is today is quite different than it would have otherwise been were it not for those crusades. Of course, before this, you know the issues that Christians faced in the first several centuries of the Church. Fierce persecution from Jew and Gentile alike meant that the church was often gathered in homes, in secret, constantly facing death, imprisonment, and the loss of all earthly goods. It's pretty much never been easy to bear witness to Jesus in this hostile world. In fact, it wasn't even easy to bear witness to Jesus when Jesus was standing right there in the flesh. That's the situation that we see in the Gospels, especially in the job description that Jesus gives to the 72 that he sent out in our text this morning. You are sure to be understaffed, after all the laborers are few. You will face hostility, even death. You are sent out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And Molly, how how well do lambs hold up in the face of wolves? Not great. You'll be functionally poor. No money bag, no luggage, no shoes, no roadside greetings. We're not following these instructions literally for our trip to Houston this week at all. (laughs) You'll be turned away, and whenever you do, they do not receive you. You will be rejected, for sure. The one who rejects you rejects me, and thereby rejects the one who sent me. What a job description, right? I'm feeling worn out already, and that's not my job description. So go get them! Go make disciples! Three, two, one, make disciples! What a pep talk, Jesus. Despite all these difficulties, and they were difficult for sure, Luke says that they returned rejoicing. The entire scene is marked by God's gracious work. It's all about what God is doing. In verse 1, Jesus is the one who appoints and sends. In verse 2, he points out that it is God's harvest. God is the Lord of the harvest, and he's the one who sends laborers out. The ones who are sent don't need to worry about lack or danger because God provides. Even if some, many, or most will reject the offer of God's peace, some will actually receive it and will receive the ones he sent. And Even though sometimes the sent ones are turned away, they don't have to bear the burden of rejection personally, because it is Jesus himself who bears that rejection. This is the rejection that he carries with him all the way to the cross. And so they come back with joy. Despite all the challenges, They come back rejoicing. Jesus even redirects that joy beyond just the temporal circumstances toward an even more joyful reality. Their names are written in heaven. Who do you think wrote those names? He did. This isn't, of course, to say that the things that they've done and seen weren't worth celebrating. They certainly were. Likewise, they... We likewise have the ultimate reason for rejoicing in the fact that our names also are written in heaven, too. Your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life from before the foundation of the world. This fact is attested all over the place in Scripture. But we, too, like those 72 before us, have ample reasons for rejoicing in the work that Jesus is doing through us... Here, in our midst, even right now. Every single time a child is brought to this font, there is rejoicing here and rejoicing in heaven. Every single time one of you comes to the altar to receive the body and blood of Jesus, there's a cause for rejoicing. Rejoicing on earth, and rejoicing in heaven with angels and archangels and you get the idea every single time someone receives the absolution to hear from God's own word that your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus it's a celebration every time a child comes to know the love of God and Jesus at our Sunday school at our day school at our Bible school heaven rejoices And so do we. Chorazin and Capernaum may have rejected Jesus in his day, but Jesus reigns in the hearts of many here in Prairie Town, Holiday Shores, Bunker Hill, Bethalto, whatever you name it. Jesus reigns in so many of our hearts because God is still the Lord of the harvest and He's the one who has been sending laborers out among us for going on two centuries here, closer to two centuries than one, right, Jim? 165, 67 years. God is always faithful. He always keeps his promises, and from the very beginning, he has answered the prayers of the faithful to send laborers out into his harvest. And Jesus says to them in response to their reports, I've been watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's still happening. Every time the forgiveness of sins is doled out, every time that Christians gather in the name of Jesus, the kingdom reign of God exercises His authority, and so all of Satan's petty and pathetic temporary victories come crumbling down. When our sins are forgiven... Satan has nothing left to use against us. He can make us miserable, and he does, but he can't take away our joy. Even all of his forces subject themselves to Jesus when this authority is exercised. It might look like a hard time to bear witness to Jesus, and in so many ways it is.
1: Nobody ever said
0: it was going to be easy, but boy, we didn't know it was going to be this hard, did we? Thank God that God is still the Lord of the harvest. It's His harvest. We're His laborers. It's His mission, His plan, His victory, His kingdom. We have nothing to fear and nothing to truly worry about. One of my favorite great teachers, Dr. Dale Meyer, who retired as seminary president last year, and who just lives down the road off 159 in Collinsville? He often remarks, It's a great time to be the church. And truly it is. Amen. In the peace of our God that surpasses all of our human understanding, guard your hearts and minds in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Do you rise for prayer as your name?